Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Uh, to everyone listening by podcast, we love you, we're for you, amen. Can we give it up for everybody listening tonight on podcast? They can hear you, come on. We welcome you from Word of Life Fondren over here in Dueling Hall. And if you're in the surrounding areas, uh, we encourage you, check us out one night. I think you'll be glad that you did. Every Sunday night here in Dueling Hall at 6 p.m. Um, I've had some things on my heart. We're in a series about Moses. And last week we talked about uh, God wanting to take his people out of Egypt and to bring them into a land that is called the promised land, where promises are not just heard about, they are fulfilled. Amen. Amen. And it is God's desire to take us to that place, that it's, it's not just this, this promise of life in Christ. It's not just things that we hear about but actual things we see and we enjoy that this promise of healing is not just something we hear about, but we're tasting of it. That this promise of freedom in Jesus, like whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. This freedom of, of Jesus, that it's not just a land that we've heard about, but it's a land that we're eating of. Uh, that this promise of like God being our provider is not just something we've heard about, but it is something we are experiencing. Um, but in order to experience it, you first have to hear about it. Because if you don't hear about it, you'll never know to go there. <laughs> and you'll never know it's out there for you. And I just felt so strong tonight to just simply go back to what we talked about last week. And really before I moved on, because I wanted to move on to the, the land of the wilderness and to talk about how no matter who you are, God will lead you through that land. Uh, but I, I felt um, more inclined in my heart to just go back and to remind you of what's waiting for you. A promised land. So let's open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus. Uh, the book of Exodus chapter 3. And let's let these things just stir up our hearts. Exodus 3. And for fun, let's start reading in verse 1, and we'll get to verse 8. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He's out of the will of God here, but it's okay. God came to get him back in. How many of you know God will come for you? (laughs) Amen. Uh, And he'll use a a flaming bush, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We we mentioned this last week, uh, but there's so much symbolism in this story. Um, And the flame of fire, both in the burning bush here and then the flame of fire that led the children of Israel through the promised land, is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever you're out of the will of God, the Holy Spirit will come for you. But you must turn aside to pay attention to him and and turn aside to, to draw near to him. And so we see the Holy Spirit comes for Moses just like the Holy Spirit will come for you. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the midst of a bush. 
And he looking and beholding, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why is the bush not burned up? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, and that's a key phrase there, uh, attention is the currency of, of being led by the Spirit. Uh, if, if you want to be led by the Spirit, you've got to pay the price. What's the price? Attention. It's, 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 an easy pri- it's an easy and a hard price to pay because so much is competing for your attention. And I tell you what, even pastoring uh, in today's culture, there are more things competing for your attention than ever before. I mean, you've got 500 apps. Like you've got Peacock, you've got Hulu, uh, you've got all these different things notifying you. Your show is on. You're, you know, buy this, look at this. All the, you know, work, and you, you take home with you all the time. So many things competing for your attention. But if you can give God time, He'll open up heaven and He will speak to you and show you things you did not know of. He'll reveal to you the hope of your calling. The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. He will open up the, the pathways to heaven and speak life to you. But you've got to pay the price. And somebody says, what is it? It's attention. And when Moses turned aside to see and gave God his attention, uh, God began to speak to him about greater things. And I just, you know, I'd, I'd love to move on from that. But let's just sit here just for a minute. How much of, of, of your attention has the Lord had lately? Not to condemn you. We're, we're not in the, I'm not in the business of condemning. Neither is the Holy Spirit. Um, but how much attention has the, the Holy Spirit had from you lately? Of just yielding, opening up your heart. That, that's, that's one of the reasons. I, I know sometimes people come into a service like this, and you, you may be new or a guest. Uh, let's give it up for any guests we may have here tonight. Like, if you're a guest... Thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, But, you know, you may come into an environment like this and you you see people, you know, open themselves up through worship. Um, It's it's symbolism of an inward work of the heart of like opening up your life to the Lord. And, and, And I love that because, you know, even when you go like this, you're opening up your vital organs. And you're, you're opening up um, your, yourself to the Lord Jesus. Um, and that's symbolic of these things, of opening up our life. And I want to encourage you, you know, I, I, the Lord at the 830 service gave this word. But we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, as well. Uh, that I genuinely feel like there is an unfolding of the plan of God in so many people's lives. Like what you are here on earth for, unfolding before you, the fullness of that plan. I I was talking to some staff uh, a couple of days ago, well, a couple of weeks ago now, Uh, but I was talking to them and they they brought up, where do you see yourself in 10 to 20 years? And I just started listing off all these things of like what I saw. Um, And uh, after that, they're like, man. Like, we haven't even thought that far. And I said, well, it's not that I've thought that far. It's that he showed me that far. I don't pick what I want to do. I want to be led. I mentioned that this morning, my daughter, she's in 10th grade. All these colleges are, like, trying to recruit her and, like, these types of things. So we got all these pamphlets she came home with, and we had them on the kitchen counter. And we just set them out on the kitchen counter there. And... 
Uh, I'm looking at them the other morning waking up for prayer, and I just see it on the counter. All these paths she could take. Each one of these colleges is in a different city. Each one of these cities would expose her to different things. There's all of these paths she could take. And, you know, she's going through it and she's looking at, like, the, weighing out the pros and cons of each one. Um, and so I've begun kind of teaching my children these types of things, as we all should. But there is a better way than weighing out the pros and cons. Amen. Uh, we're redeemed from Adam's mistake. When Adam ate of the tree, what was, what was the fruit of that tree? The tree of the what? Knowledge of what? Good and evil. And so when he eats of that tree, uh, before, he's only spirit-led. He's walking with the Lord. And so there's only spiritual things influencing him. God trying to influence him and the enemy trying to influence him. But as soon as he ate of that apple, he had an understanding of good and evil. And it was uh, resulting in a system where the spirit, Jesus said, our God told Adam, when you eat of this apple and dying, you will die. And he wasn't talking about just his flesh. He was talking about a spirit. And so from that point on, now everything was done by trial and error. Well, is it going to be good? I don't know. Let's try. And I'll have knowledge. That's good. I have knowledge. That's evil. Uh, And so that's what happened when Adam ate of that apple. And man's been functioning that way ever since. Of uh, I'll, is, should, I, should I go to that college? Well, I don't know. Weigh out the pros and cons and make an educated guess. And you get there and it's like, no, nah, that's a bad decision. Uh, or that was a good one. Uh, who should I marry? Well, I don't know. Like, you know, we had one relative tell us marriage is just a shot in the dark. You don't know. You don't know what you're getting. Uh, and it's like a job. Well, you don't really know what's there. And so you weigh out the pros and cons. And it's like, no, nope, that wasn't for me. Or, yep, that was. And this is how the world functions because this is how Adam functioned. We see this uh, in, in, in the, the New Testament. The disciples are professional fishermen. They, they, they go fishing all night long with all of their tactics, all of their tricks, all of their experiences. They know when we fish over here at this hour, some of you are fishermen. You know exactly what this is like. I'm not a fisherman. Uh, but my granddad was a bass master. Like he did all the tournaments and like all those types of things. So, you know, I would go out with him on a boat sometimes just to ride or get on a raft and, you know, occasionally cast a line, that type of thing. But he knew his spots. Well, how did he know those spots? Trial and error, experience. And so these fishermen, they go out with trial and error. And and through trial and error, they're out there, you know, fishing. Fish all night with all their experience and come back with what? Nothing. And like, that was a waste of time. What is that? Knowledge of evil. That didn't work. We fished all night, caught nothing. And then the Lord speaks up. And now all of a sudden, they're about to fish by a different way. They're not going to fish by experience or knowledge of good and evil. They're going to fish by the word of the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, don't, don't get me. I will preach tonight. I ooh, teach, teach, teach. Uh, so <laughs> out of this, they're now about to fish by the inspiration of the word of God, a higher way. A higher way. They're about to be led by the Lord. And he speaks to them and he says, go out and cast your nets out. He's specific. Go out and cast your nets into the deep. Don't do it right here by the shore. Go cast your nets out into the deep. And at the word of the Lord, 
at the word of the Lord, they went out and went out and cast their nets on the, in, in the deep, caught the whole lake, had to get the other boat over there uh, to help them bring in the harvest. Why? They are fishing by a higher knowledge, not the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge of the will of the Lord. And in our lives with all these things, there is going to be, I really feel like in this season, an unfolding of the will of the Lord, where there is a knowledge of the will of the Lord in my life like never before. I know what God wants me to do. I know where he wants me to do it. I know what he want, who he wants me to do it with. I know the timing of how to do it. I see exactly what to do. And when you do it, we will see miracles the likes of which we have never seen before. And it's going to result in the name of Jesus. It is going to result in us catching a harvest of souls like never before in the kingdom of God, of, of God just filling up. I've read so many articles about how the American church is dying, that ever since COVID happened, like the American church is dying. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. Uh, we'll reach them by, by any way necessary. We'll open up a, up a campus wherever there needs a, a campus open. But out of that, I refuse to think that our great God is done with this country, are done with this world. As long as we are in the earth, we will occupy until he comes. And I know that there may be some churches out there that fish all night and catch nothing. But I'm telling you, when you get the word of the Lord and God speaks to your heart on what to do, it will work every time. But I really sense there's an unfolding for so many of us about what God's plan is. But only if you will turn aside. And only if you will give God your attention. Everything out there is fighting for it. The enemy is fighting for your attention through temptation. Temptation comes to us all fighting for our atten attention. The world comes. And, and you know, really, when you look at it doctrinally, you have three competing things for your attention. Number one, the world. The world is just its system uh, and the system of the world that tries to lure and pull you in. It's just culture. Everybody is watching this. Everybody is shopping here. Everybody is doing this. Everybody is, is uh, eating here. And so the world and its sway, you hear about it and you're, you're mindful of what's going on in the world and you think it needs my attention too. And so the world will try to set the path for what we need to do. Then, after the world, you have your flesh. There are things within your flesh that you want. Just naturally, sometimes, you just want to sit and not do anything. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's not even temptation. It's not even the world. It's just like, I can't move my legs right now. Like, I, I am tired, and this is what I, I want to give my attention to, this book. Or within my, my desire is to watch this. And I don't care if anybody else is watching it. I like it. And so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to shop there. I don't care if anybody else doesn't like shopping there. I like shopping there. That type of thing. It's your flesh. And then you have the devil. And the devil will come with temptation to pull us over into things. And it's just something that's even outside of you. It's not even you. It's something outside of you. And it's not even the world. It's something outside of you trying to pull you into sin. And when it's the enemy, it's always the darkest. It, it pulls you back to your base self. 
and gives your attention back to Egypt, back to this thing that has held you in bondage. And this is things like pornography, alcohol, um, you know, reveling and partying in a way that like is demeaning and all these types of things. That is the enemy trying to pull you back into darkness. So some stuff is the world, some stuff is the flesh, and some stuff is, is the devil. But all of it is fighting for the exact same thing the Holy Spirit is fighting for, your attention. And if we will come to God and just humbly say, you know what, I've got one necessary thing in my life, and that is to sit at his feet and hear the word of God. Everything else can wait. Everything else I'll read later. Everything else I'll entertain later. But right now, one thing is necessary, and that's to sit right here and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me today. I will sit here at his feet and give him my attention. He, he spoke unto to, to Martha. Uh, you're overly vexed about many things. Think about that phrase. You're overly vexed about so much. You're looking at this. You're looking at this. It's upsetting you. You're looking at the news. It's upsetting you. Why? It has your attention. You're looking at this. It upsets you. Why? It has your attention. You're, you're so concerned about all these things. But he said one thing is necessary. And I love that story because that story was so simple. The world's expectations on what a house should look like. That's all Martha was focused on. It's like the mills should look like this, and this presentation should look like this, and the house should be kept like this, and no one is helping me with these natural things. And so out of that, that's how base some of these things can be, that it's not overly complicated. It's just things fighting for your attention. And Jesus corrects her. Oh, he corrects her. And he says, this is actually not the most important thing in your life. The most important thing in your life is sitting here hearing the word of God. And whatever we say unto you, do it, and you will see water turn into wine. Just sit here long enough. One word from God literally can change everything. That when you do this one thing, it opens up the door to so many other things. But we have to fight, and God has to fight to get our attention. Let's not make him fight, amen? Let's give him our attention. Let's meditate on the things of the Lord. Carve out more of your time. Um, for me, it's my mornings, man. When I can get my mornings right, wake up early before anything else is stirred in the house, wake up, pray, get in Scripture, watch the sunrise, I've had the perfect morning. God meets with me there. He speaks with me in those times of fellowship. I get pace for the rest of the day. Um, find your time and give it to the Lord. Amen. Find your space and give it to the Lord. But God needs more of our attention in this season because there is an unfolding of his will in all of our lives of what we're to do in this hour. Amen. Uh, and so he turns aside. None of that's the message. So he turned aside. I won't keep you too long, though. Uh, so... Uh, he turned aside to look, and when the Lord saw, verse 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside. Do you see that? The Lord's watching to see if you will turn aside. Will you turn aside from your journey and look at me? Uh, when the Lord saw, he turned aside uh, to look. God called from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place which you are standing is holy ground. He said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. 
have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them. Isn't that beautiful? Go back up to verse 7. I have surely seen the affliction of my people. God has seen your affliction. He's not unmindful of what you've been going through. It keeps going here. He says, I have heard your cry and I've given heed. I am aware of your suffering. So I have come down to deliver you from the power of Egypt and to bring you up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the promised land. And I just, I, I sense like the, the thing that I was supposed to, you know, come in here with when prayer is just to remind you of this is God's will for you and for you to contend for this. Uh, he said, I have a land that I want to take you to. And somebody says, well, that was for the children of Israel. True. But when you read Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, it begs you to look at them. Because the plan that God had for them was the same plan God had for you. And he said, learn from their mistakes. Why? They didn't get in it. God had this for them, and they did not get in it. This generation of people that God spoke this promise to did not get in it. It took the generation coming after them. Um, And one of the reasons why they did not get in it is they lost mindfulness of it and they decided to just stay in the wilderness instead of pressing after what God had for them. And here he tells them, like, "My, my plan for you is to take you out of bondage and to take you out of this place that afflicts you, out of this place that is not good for you. And as a pastor, I'm telling you, like, I, I literally, the other, the other, a couple of weeks ago, I was on that missions trip. And, you know, I only see these people for like a week. And I'm there preaching every night, you know, giving it my best um, and these types of things. And I'm, I'm just seeing like what people are wrestling with. And I see like the, the darkness and the bondage that is on people mentally. And it's, it's, it's so evil, like this depression and this abuse. And like there were some, some young ladies there who had just wrestled with abuse. And like this oppression that was on their minds and these things that were so keeping them from a promised land mentally. Um, and then, you know, talking to people who just spiritually are so intertwined with like all this Egypt of like it still has this pull on them. Uh, like I mentioned in one of the services, this pastor came down and as soon as he came down, I'm like I know he's still wrestling with pornography. And, and I'm seeing him and I feel the love of God for him. And I'm telling you, when you're wrestling with, with Egypt, God hears your cry. And he can set you free. And I see this man come down. And by the word of the Lord, by word of knowledge, I address that. And you just see the power of God meet to like wash away that sin and give him the power to walk free. And, and he said, like, I saw kindness in Jesus in your eyes, and it made me open to freedom. But that's, what is it? That's Egypt. And that's not God's will. God's will for you is not this bondage. I've, I've gone all over the world, and, like, in this, this mission trip, I've seen poverty. Like, when you, when you go and see poverty, it, it literally irritates me to no end that, uh, when, when people talk about poverty like it's something to strive for spiritually. When you go to these other nations, or, or just forget it, drive around some, some places around here and see poverty, and you tell me if that's the light of God or the darkness from the enemy, of, of, of like the, the, the types of things that gravitate towards people and say, you will not be free. 
you will not leave this place. You will not break out of these borders. You will not break out of these boundaries. You can't leave here. What is that? That's the spirit of Pharaoh, and that's the bondage of Egypt. Uh, but I, I went to, you know, all these types of, of people I'm ministering to and preaching to and laying hands on. And one night, like on the second to last night, I just went to my room and I just fell on my bed and I just wept. I just wept. And I told God, I'm like, God, get me out of the way. Like these people, they, they need so much more of you. And I know like so much more of you could be given to them if you could just get this out of the way. So like take every part of me. Take every part of me. Because I genuinely have seen, I, for 20 years now I've pastored and I've seen people still in Egypt. And I see people who hear of a promised land, but they're still in Egypt. And like God wants his people free. Like this is not some type of like just good news from a, a pastor. Like God wants you free in every way. Like where Egypt is confining and restricting and bondage, the promised land is spacious and open and free and flowing with milk and honey. And we said that last week. Well, what is milk and honey? Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, great, I've got milk and honey. I like, what does that mean? It's talking about like milk for substance and strength and honey for desire, that you are sustained physically through the milk and your desire is met through the sweetness of the honey. And desire and strength is flowing to you. Flowing with strength, flowing with desire being met. And this is God's will for us. And, and I want to encourage you, like the reason why they did not get in it is when they finally got up to it in the book of Numbers, they sent out spies to go spy out the land. You remember this story? Let's go look at it. We'll close with this. The book of Numbers. This was God's will, but they sent spies to go look at it. Numbers 13 and verse number 25. When they returned from spying out the land of at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregations and the sons of, of Israel on the wilderness Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back to them all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. It's everything God said it was, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Amicalite is there, and the, all the other ites are there, all the way to the Jordan. In verse 30, and Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out of the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone and spying it out is the land that devours its inhabitants. 
And all the people whom we saw it are in it are men of great size. And they list all the people again. And we became grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. Verse four, uh, chapter 14, verse 1. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and wept the people that night. And the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt. Or would that we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly and the congregation of the sons of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of that other fella, and those who have spied out the land tore their clothes. And they began to speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we possess to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to them, stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of the meeting to all the sons of Israel. And he tells them, you're not getting in. You're not getting in. Your descendants after you will get in. And Joshua and Caleb, who had a different spirit, they will get in. But you are not getting into this land that I promised you. What denied them it? It was their faith and their expectation that God wanted it for them. And that because God wanted it for them, it wouldn't be them having to fight in the flesh for it. They would obtain it by the Spirit. And Joshua knew this. He's like, it doesn't matter how big they are. The Lord is with us. And if the Lord is with us, we will overcome everything that is against us. And it doesn't matter what stands in our way. It doesn't matter who stands in our way. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the other side. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter what inflation looks like. It doesn't matter who's hiring, who's not hiring. It doesn't matter about any of these other types of things. All that matters is God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Like it will fall beneath our hand. And so the spies who went in that were not Joshua and Caleb, they looked at the natural and got discouraged. Joshua and Caleb who went in looked at the spirit of God and got encouraged and said, these things will be bread for our God. And they got in the land. Uh, now, like I, I just sense like so big in my heart, like there's this next level for so many people where it's not just something you've heard about any longer, that freedom is really something that you're going to enjoy. And I'm not just talking about being free, you know, freer financially, which is, is part of God's will. I'm talking about free in every way, that you are free from Egypt. You are free from the oppression. You are free from the taskmaster. You are free from the thing that tries to pull you back. You are full, free from any type of addiction that has been in your life. You are free from anything that has been in your family that is trying to keep you where you have been at, where your dad was at, where your grandfather was at, where your mom was at. That you are free from anything that is trying to hold you back. But you know what the ticket is to being free? You have to make a decision. I do have the authority and God does want this for me. So I am not going back. I'm going in in Jesus name. God wants it for me. I'm going to take it by faith. 
uh, that the promised land is something that God has for us. A land of freedom, a land of strength, a land of desire. One of the passages of scripture that's been in my heart for tonight is, is in Psalms 145, that God opens up his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. That this is the nature of God, is, is to come and satisfy desire, to come and bring freedom. And the children of Israel got to this place where it's like, ah, we've heard all this before. We've heard all these preachers before. We've heard all this before, but they don't understand. What, what they don't understand is I've got this in my life, and this is what's here, and this is what I'm facing, and this is what's going on. We don't understand. We, we just go back. We'll just, we'll just go back and, and we'll just, you know, fall back over here. And it would have been better for us never to try this Christian thing to begin with. It would have been better for us never to try this faith thing to begin with. It would have been better for us to, like, never go, like, this route to begin with. Like, that's, that's passing away in America. And, like, everybody now, we're too smart for this now. And, like, all these types of things. We're just, you know, it's like, that's not for us. But I believe wholeheartedly that in the middle of all of this, God is raising up a remnant who comes with the Spirit of God and says, you know what? It is for us. And you know what? God's plan is freedom for all of his sons and all of his daughters. And we don't care about the giants and we don't care about the walled cities. The only thing we know is our great God. He is with us. He is for us. And these things will fall beneath our feet. And when people see the testimony of like, I was here, but now I'm here. I was blind, but now I see. I was lame, but now I'm walking. I was in bondage, but now I've been set free. Like I was at this place where I didn't see anything, but God opened up my, my, my desire and satisfied, satisfied it with his good hand. And so what is it that you desire to be free from? What is it that you desire to be free in? Uh, a couple of years ago, I was down in Sarasota, Florida, and I was just walking. I was at a conference, um, and um, I was just walking down the pier and looking out over these, like, condos and these types of things. And it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful area and those types of things. And there was no part of me that was, like, um, um, covetous of it or desiring of it, but I was enjoying it. And just looking at it and like, man, this is a nice area. And I'm just praying. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And that's, that's one thing. If you go here, you're going to have to get over. It's like we walk with the Lord. Uh, and, you know, God does speak to us. Uh, and uh, we'll teach you how. Uh, but it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I just, I can't fathom a, a walk of Christianity that believes you have a father who does not want to speak to you. That literally blows my mind of how anybody could think. I think fatherhood is so broken in our culture. But to think that I could have a father who wouldn't want to speak to me? When Jesus like comes explicitly and says, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. I call each of my sheep by name. <laughs> God knows her name. Um, walks with us, talks with us, fellowships with us. And somebody said, well, I've never heard from God. Yes, you have. Samuel heard from God, but it didn't sound like God. It sounded like Eli. It sounded like a familiar voice. You hear from God way more than you think you do. A lot of times you just think it's you. 
or something else. But God's trying to get your attention. He's always lighting up the bush. Trying to get your attention. Anyway, I'm out there walking with the Lord, looking at all this stuff. And when I'm I'm looking at it, the, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart. And he says, you know, I could give all of this to you, right? And he said it almost accusatory, that it took me back just for a minute. Like, I could give you this. You know, I could give you this, right? And I said, Lord, you can do all things. There's nothing you can't do. And I believe you you could give it to me. And he said, but do you know why I wouldn't want to? And I said, now, Lord, I don't know that. And as soon as I said that, I had a vision. And in the vision, I saw me sitting in this, this place, this little condominium. And I'm there. And while I'm there, I'm missing out on all these other things I'm supposed to do. Got so comfortable sitting in that space that there's all these other assignments I'm supposed to do in the earth that I wasn't doing. And then I saw myself on assignment, but I was thinking about that place and trying to get back there. And then I saw a storm come in, and my attention was on that storm. And like, do I have insurance? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I'm, I added that part. But I, I saw my concern, my attention, my focus. And he said, that's why I wouldn't want to give it to you. It would hinder you from running your race and finishing your course. And then the vision ended and the Lord spoke to my heart again. And he said, but ask me. (laughs) He said, ask me for things that will help you run your race and things that will help you finish your course. And see, the Lord brings everything full cycle. You get over in the spirit and you start paying attention to God. His plan for your life will unfold to you. You'll know your race and you'll run your course. But out of that, you're going to need some things to help you run that race. You can't run that race bound. You only run that race free. You have to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets you. You got to let go of Egypt. You got to let go of Pharaoh and those things that want to keep you from your promised land and make a decision. I am never going back to you. I renounce you. I will no longer have any place for you in my life. But you come back and you see like, okay, there are some things I need to run my race and finish my course. There's some things I need in me. I no longer need to do blank. This right here, I need to be free from that in Jesus' name. Like as long as that is in my life, it's keeping me from running my race. And if I had freedom in this area, it would help me run my race faster and it would help me run my race further. And then for others of you, there may be some natural things. Like if you were freed up that way where you didn't have that debt and and you were free and your attention never had to go to that thing at all, like if that thing was purely knocked out by the power of God and God freed you up to do that, it would help you run your race. It would help you finish your course. And God said, you open up your mouth and I will satisfy it with your desires from my hand. That God is saying, like, ask me for freedom in that area. The promised land, it is for you. And you think, well, I've tried to get over that in my flesh, and I've failed all these other times. Stop looking at the giants. Look to the Lord your God. Well, it's like, well, like all these things economically, you know, it's going to take all this time to get rid of this debt. Stop looking at the giants and said, it is God's will for me to live in a land without restriction. 
where I'm not bound by borders and bound by these things that I can move freely and stand in your authority and say, you know what, Father, here's what I need. And after, after that, when the Lord spoke that to my heart, I, I took time to ask, what would help me run my race and finish my course? Let me make a list of those things. What would help me run my race, finish my course? And let me ask the Father for those things. Let me take authority in that area. Let me believe to see the goodness of God in that area until I am free in every arena of my life. And I want to encourage you this week, maybe, okay, what would help me run my race and finish my course? You can go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. What's a weight to me right now? Is there a debt that's a weight to me? Write it down. It would help me run my race if that was free. Maybe it's a better car. A better car would help you run your race. Somebody says, well, does it matter? God cares about everything. Listen, I'm a natural father, and I care about what my kids drive. I care about what my, they're not driving yet, but I will care about it. Uh, but I, I care about what they wear. I don't want them to be selfish and ingrown. I don't want to be thinking about just, you know, status symbols and items, but I, I care if they're provided for. I care if they have strength, and I care if they have desire fulfilled. What would help you? What would help you run your race and finish? If you were free there, if you let go of that weight, what would help you? Write those things down, whatever it may be, and say, Lord, in these areas, I renounce them. I am never going back to you. You will not have me any longer. You will not control my life any further. Pharaoh, I tell you, you have no reign over me. And then begin to celebrate the goodness of God uh, over your life in that area. And say, Father, I thank you. You are bringing me into a land that flows with milk and honey. And I don't care what stands in my way. Father, I know this one thing. You are greater Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you know? He is greater. In Jesus' name. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your great grace in our life. And Father, we thank you that we do. We open up our mouth and you satisfy it with good. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that as we just worship tonight, we, we center our hearts and we just say, Father, we'll give you our attention and we will give you our faith. We will claim our promised land in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's worship tonight and with song. But while we do so, let's make a decision to do that, to center our heart, to give God our attention, and to make a decision that maybe even by the end of the year, how many of you know God can do a quick work? Amen. That by the end of the year, we walk into 2023 free in Jesus' name. Free in 2023. Amen. Uh, that over the next couple of months, we just see God do what only God can do. And, and make a decision tonight. I'm not going back to that. And I'm moving towards this. And know what that and this are. And use your faith to break free with our great champion. Amen.